This week on the C10 Podcast, as we close out International Women's Month, Max Utzler is chatting with the first female television anchor in the state of Kansas, who had a long and distinguished career in TV and then in PR. You'll meet Cynthia Bowles and hear her story in about 95 seconds, right after this message from Melissa, Dawson, Avery, and Topher from our C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. Hi, I'm Melissa Harris, a senior at Sumner Academy and a part of the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. My classmates and I had an awesome time at the first annual See You at the Top Golf event. More than 150 people joined, 17 celebrities, all 19 students from the C10 program, plus many of our mentors for a fun night and fundraising. In fact, the event raised more than $50,000 to give students like me mentoring, job and life skill development, service opportunities, and post-high school scholarships. The CU and the Major League's leadership team decided to move the event to spring to make it a celebration of what we're doing throughout the school year. So, do you want to support high school students like me in the Kansas City area while having a great time? If so, I hope you'll join some friends and me the second annual CU at Top Golf on Thursday night, May 25th in Overland Park. Visit cuandmajorleagues.org slash topgolf to register. And I hope to see you at Top Golf on Thursday, May 25th. Hi there, and welcome to episode 109 of the C10 Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. I'm Matt Folks, Executive Director of C in the Major Leagues and usual host of this podcast. I do hope you'll hit that subscribe button, and on whichever platform you're hearing this chat, please leave a review or just hit those five stars. That'd work just as well. This week, I'm turning over the interviewing to Dr. Max Usler, our C10 Curriculum Coordinator, who, like this week's guest, spent several years in television before going into a second career. In Max's case, that was about 40 years as a journalism professor, mainly at the University of Kansas. For this week's guest, it was television and then into public relations. But I'm getting ahead of myself. See, as we close out International Women's Month, it seemed like a perfect time to have this week's guest join us. A product of Raytown, Missouri, Cynthia Bowles started working full-time in television in Wichita, Kansas, where she became the first female anchor in the state of Kansas. She also had career stops in cities such as Houston and Kansas City, Chicago and Los Angeles. Not all of those were in TV, as you will hear momentarily. Cynthia and Max worked together when Cynthia was getting her start in broadcasting in Columbia at KOMU while she was a student at the University of Missouri. And later, the two worked together, along with Cynthia's husband, Kenny, at KMBC here in Kansas City. On an interesting side note about Cynthia and her husband, Kenny. If you're in Kansas City, you might be familiar with Taylor Hemnes, a morning anchor on KSHB, the NBC affiliate here. And you might have seen Taylor along with Carly Ritter and our C10 student, Alyssa, on a promotional photo for See You at Top Golf. And if you haven't done that, yes, this is a shameless plug. Go to seeyouinthemajorleagues.org slash topgolf. Look at the photo and um, maybe register for the May 25th event while you're at it. Well, Cynthia's late husband, Kenny Bowles, was Taylor's news director in Tyler, Texas. And Taylor and his wife, both love Kenny and Cynthia. What's that old Stephen Wright line? Small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. <laughs> Something like that. 
Well, back to this week's C10 conversation. Cynthia moved back to Kansas City recently and has attended a few of our C10 mentoring and leadership sessions. In fact, this particular interview was conducted on Wednesday night, March 23rd, in front of our mentors and students at Music Theater Heritage in Kansas City, Missouri. As we typically do with those interviews, we took out the students and mentors' questions to leave those private with the group and Cynthia. But I think you'll enjoy this chat about being a female pioneer and a great leader in TV and PR between two longtime friends. Here are those friends, Max Utzler and Cynthia Bowles. This is a special evening for me to be able to interview Cynthia. Uh, Cynthia Bowles, actually I knew her when she was Cindy, which was in a previous century, yes. back in the early 70s. Uh, I anchored the new news on KOMU-TV back in Columbia, and my good friend Robbie Robertson, who spent his career in Oklahoma City, did sports, and Cindy was the weather girl. That's what we called them at that yes. time, so you can, you can tell how much that was in another century. Uh, okay, I do have to tell this story. Okay, Jump I in. complained about being called the weather girl, <laughs> and one of our colleagues said, well, I have an idea. How about weather bitch? <laughs> and I said, well, perhaps weather girl is not so bad. <laughs> but so I, I do need to apologize from the start that if I do slip up and call you Cindy, I mean, that's I, still... I, that's always forgiven. Well, she just moved back into town uh, a, a, a month or two ago. Yeah. And we reconnected, had lunch one day, and she said to me, I, I'd really like to find some ways to get involved in the community. And I said, well, you know, there's this organization that I work in. Because she was originally from Raytown and so knows the area really well. Her sister lives, lives here now. And I said, well, yeah, this uh, C10 group might be something you'd, you'd be interested in. <laughs> so anyway, anyway Cynthia, the, the way that we do these interviews, we start with what we call our pregame batting practice. I'll okay. give you a couple of quick questions just off the top of your head. Okay. So what was the last great book that you read? Wow. Um, Jordan Peterson's 10 Rules for Living or 10 Rules for Life. 12. 12. Well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Jordan Peterson. And uh, I've also been working my way through Thomas Sowell who is a brilliant economist. And um, I, I love reading about world economic trends, and but I have a real soft spot for Jordan Peterson. And I think if I were young, I would be all over that book. I would be marking it up. I would be memorizing it as much as I could because I think... There are some brilliant ideas in there that are really pertinent to as you transition through the next 10 years or so of your life. Um, it's true. And so, yeah, that's what I would say. What person, either living or dead, would you most like to spend an evening just in conversation? Oh, wow. Um, I'd have to have a party. But um, I would spend the evening with my great-aunt Mary, 
who was the reason why I had the vision that I could be something besides an education major, not to be pooey about education majors, but uh, to be something besides you had to be a nurse or you had to be a teacher when I was coming up. And anything outside of that, you'd get this kind of look like, really? And so um, she was the Martha Stewart of her era. She was a syndicated columnist. She wrote tons of books about fashion and sewing and all kinds of stuff that people don't study now. And she was quite, quite brilliant. And during the newspaper strike in New York uh, in the 30s or 40s, when you guys won't remember who Fiorello LaGuardia was, but he was a very famous mayor of New York, he would come to their living room and take naps on their couch. And so imagine me in Kansas City and Raytown hearing these stories about what sounded like a glamorous life, and it kind of was, um, I thought, wow, you can do that in life. And so that's what really got me going. Not to get beclebbed. If I could go back now, I would say, how did you become this woman I admired? So... I'm sorry, but I, uh, I really think it's important to, as you get through the adolescent years and the early years when you're establishing, your, establishing yourself, to be able to look back and say, where did I get a spark that taught me to do something else or to aspire to do it? differently. And so that's what I would say. And it sounds like that really fits into the theme of this whole operation, the mentoring element. Oh, absolutely. Okay, the next question we always go to is, okay, now let's think back to those Raytown days. What was the 17-year-old Cindy like? Oh, my. I suppose would ask, would depend on who you asked. Um, I think... The 17-year-old Cindy was awkward, and um, I was smarter than what people wanted to hear from girls of that era. Um, the, the girls of my high school era who were popular was not me. It was not me. Um, and because in that era, like in order to be nominated to be homecoming queen, it wasn't women like me. Um, you had to be nominated by the sports teams. And it was all their girlfriends and boyfriends. It was like, boy, if they got a lock on this system. Um, I was always in the, play, in the school plays. Um, I was on the debate team. And... I never learned how to shut up when I knew the answer to a question. I just never knew to keep my hand down. I'm sure I was a pain in the neck. <laughs> that 
Sounds vaguely reminiscent of some of our delinks there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, I got into so much trouble my senior year. I did not like taking chemistry. And in order to get out of third period chemistry class, I could go take the Betty Crocker Homemaker of the Year test. It was just a written test. And I thought, well, this will get me out of chemistry. Great. Imagine my surprise when I won the damn thing. <laughs> and I got to have my picture in the yearbook as the homemaker of tomorrow. And the homemaking teachers hated me. They wouldn't even speak in the hallway. This is J.R. Buckner, President and CEO of First Federal Bank of Kansas City. We hope you're enjoying this week's conversation. For this week's Student Spotlight, I'd like you to meet one of the students in our C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. My name is Avery Ward. I go to Piper High School, and my favorite thing about C10 is getting to meet new people and make new friends. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is proud to make a donation this week to the Post High School Scholarship Fund for seniors in the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. If you'd like to join us in this effort to give our future leaders an opportunity after high school, please click on the link in the show's notes. Now back to this week's conversation. Let's start down the professional journey now. Like I said, we were together at the University of Missouri. What was the first step after you left Mizzou? After I left Mizzou, I got a job at Cake TV, K-A-K-E, in Wichita, Kansas. I didn't know it at the time, but it was one of the most progressive, revolutionary stations in terms of equipment and how we did the news and what we focused on and excellence and it was it was like um it was like an amazing grad school that i got to go be at every day and so i started as the consumer reporter oh my oh my oh my my personal opinion was that a lot of these people who got into trouble deserved it. It was like, you bought a roll of carpet off the back of a truck and you didn't bother to look at it at least? So then I became the first anchor woman in the state of Kansas. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I started out anchoring weekends, which was... It was a lonely business in the late 70s. And then I started co-anchoring the weekday shows. And um, at one time, this will mean something to us, because there were only three channels plus PBS, okay? And so Cake had, at 10 o'clock, had a 68% share so that means that 68% of all TVs turned on in Wichita, Kansas, were watching us. It was like being prom queen. It was great. Uh, I had a wonderful time. So that was that homecoming queen thing you never got in there. Never school. got no. to be homecoming queen, and then I was. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. And then um, I got a job in Houston, Texas. I was going to be the consumer reporter. Well, imagine my surprise. Between the time they hired me and I got there, they'd fired a bunch of people. And so I started co-anchoring the noon and the six. It was like, okay, I'll do that. And it was, uh, 
It was a weird place, but it was an amazing station. But it was um, it was strange. There was still one more journey on the TV news side, right? Didn't you go to L.A. after that? Oh, no, no. I didn't work in TV in L.A. When I was in Houston, uh, I looked across the newsroom one day, and this guy had come back from being a producer in Austin. And I thought, he has the cutest butt I've ever seen. (laughs) And it was the era of double-knit pants, which... Ladies, you guys are missing something. And he was about the cutest thing I'd ever seen. And so I was on him like a trout on a buck. I mean, it was just like snapped him up. And we got married, and we were married for 37 years. And then he died, um, which was very sad. He continued his career in TV news. And he worked for ABC, and he worked for KNBC, and he had it an amazing career. And so I rebuilt my career life. Um, I wanted to raise my own children and have a family. So I transitioned over into PR and went to work for Hill and Knowlton, which in Chicago, which was the um, world's biggest publicly owned PR firm. And then I went to work for Edelman, which is the world's biggest privately owned firm. So that's that was my little journey. Yeah. So for about the, the, the 25 years in, in that period, I was a whole lot closer to her husband, Kenny, and to her because of the jobs that he was doing. He was helping my students get jobs, particularly when they moved back to his home area in Tyler, Texas, and he was hiring lots of beginning people there. At, we were kind of on speed dial with each other there. So yeah. What was it like going from Chicago, L.A., New York to Tyler, Texas? It was like hitting a brick wall at 80 miles an hour because I had been doing, in L.A., I had been doing international crisis management work, and uh, my clients were the city of L.A., the county of L.A., and um, Nisa. And so slam into Tyler, Texas, where not only do they not do what I do, they didn't even know what I was talking about. (laughs) It was, so I freelanced for Edelman for a a good many of the eight years or so, um, the, the wandering years, the wilderness years. I did a lot of freelancing and I had some local clients and uh, and then um, I got a job as the director of marketing and PR for this small cable company headquartered in Tyler, but we had about eight states worth of, of systems. And so it was, it was um, so that, that last eight years was a lot more fun. Clearly the theme of this organization is the mentoring and leadership. Think back on it. What were some of the best examples of strong leadership that you saw? I was blessed to have um, a couple of very, very strong women at Edelman. Um, Pam Talbot in Chicago was uh, the head of the Chicago office and was brilliant. And then um, a woman, Janice Hines, who I worked very closely with, 
in L.A. They were friends. They were mentors. They were uh, colleagues. And one of the things that I loved about the environment, both in TV and in the PR world, is the fact that you kind of drop into a soap opera of all these people, and you get to know their families, and you get to know what their kids are doing and what their worries are, and and you you develop a real uh, relationship with people. Now, don't rely on that too much, because they'll also slit your throats. But, um, well, throat, singular. But I was really blessed to have some very strong people around me. So what I will say about that is when you find somebody who's willing to teach you, take every opportunity to learn what they have to teach you. Even if it's somebody that you don't particularly like, and even if they're teaching you how to not be, um, there are lots of teachable moments that you'll have in your career. What were some of the specific qualities or techniques you saw those leaders use that kind of stuck with you later on that you applied? They were really good at identifying people on the staff that had something to offer and then would use those people in places where they could offer something back. Uh, Like if you discovered somebody on your staff who's a really good writer, then you'd say, hmm, aha, that person is going to get to write a lot of stuff. And then, but if you discovered somebody who was not so good, such a good writer, but was great at organizing events, then that's, then that's what you use them for. So I think that probably recognizing talent and then growing your own team. What kind of experiences have you had on the other end now of you being a mentor for other people as they moved up their careers? I was really blessed, especially in L.A. We had a much younger staff, junior staff, and then there were some of us scratchy veterans, and they... um, I I developed something of a reputation, especially in the L.A. office, of being willing to show people how to do programs, how to write the programs, how to write the proposals, because it's daunting when they say, here, write this proposal for the city of L.A. You know, it's like, and so I would often have people kind of come into my office sideways, and they'd say, uh, do you have a couple of minutes? Yeah. Well, I've got to come up with a whatever it is. And, and as I got better at doing it, I got really good at coming up with ideas and here's what you can do and all that. Uh, I, I don't mean this in a braggy way, but, but I was so happy about being able to teach some of the some of the people who were trying to learn and and it was um, it was the most fun I ever had now whenever Matt does this interview for the podcast so we have I have to follow the tradition 
the final question is, okay, what would the Cynthia of today give as advice back to that 17-year-old Cynthia that might have made life be a little bit easier for you? Wow, so many things come to mind. Uh, I would say be braver, be more courageous, be more willing to step out as much as I never cut my mouth shut in a class. I wasn't always brave. I wasn't always as strong as I could have been. And I don't know what it is that gets instilled in us that's a little kernel of doubt. Oh, you're never going to make it. Oh, you're not going to be able to figure that out. Get rid of that as much as you can because you really can do far more than you think you can do. And you, it, it just requires that you show up and do it. Yep. I would like to thank you all very much for this invitation. I, uh, I'm honored by the invitation. Thank you. And thank you. Well, that does it for this episode of the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we hope that you'll leave a favorable review on your favorite podcast platform. If you didn't enjoy it or you have other comments or suggestions for potential guests, you can click on the comment link in the show's notes. We drop a new episode at the end of every week, but be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an interview. And if you or your company would like to help underwrite this podcast, let me know. Until next time, this is Matt Folks for the CU and the Major Leagues Foundation saying be safe and take care.